This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Emerson Hancock making his Major League debut here in Game 2. And I'm going to hand this off to Hanno because I was flying those friendly skies. Julio's friendly skies. I was up in the fly zone. But it should be called the no-fly zone because when you get on the Alaska Airlines, the first commercial when you get on their Wi-Fi is, of course, number 44. But uh, tell me about this game. How how did how did we get to this uh, six to one victory that I saw on my phone when I landed? I'll start off with the hitting first before I go to pitching. Um, early on in the first inning, uh, the Mariners with two outs and uh, Gino on first. Cal rips a a great hit down the line, um, bounces off the sidewall near where the uh, ball boy is. Tatis uh, picks it up and Cal tries to stretch it into a double and gets thrown out. Eugenio, like I said, was on first and was motoring home and didn't cross the plate until or cross the plate after Cal was tagged out. So, of course, the run didn't score. So that was a bummer. But, uh, you know, the Mariners come right back a couple innings later in the third inning. They get a uh, Little blooper into right field to Tatis. Um, Marlowe makes a kind of a big big turn at first, and Tatis tries to backdoor him. Uh, the throw is not made by the first baseman and heads towards the dugout, so he gets on second, followed up by a good, good out by Rojas, who um, gets him over there, advances him to third, and then a sack fly, kind of a sack line out to uh, Tatis again, beginning for him. And uh, the throw was just offline and Marlowe was able to score. So the game for most of it was one to one. Like you mentioned, uh, you mentioned earlier the previous game that the Mariner bats and coming through and runners in scoring position wasn't very good. Uh, That was kind of the same thing for most of the game here. Um, There was times where there was runners on first and second with uh, nobody out a couple times in the game. The Mariners didn't score. They had another chance later on in the game. Teo hits a rocket off the wall uh, in left field just by Edgar's 
right in front of it. Uh, Soto uh, makes a great play on it, throws uh, Teo out by a few feet. So that's another blunder. And then the eighth inning comes and uh, Mariner Magic, uh, Cal Raleigh comes up, man on first. He gets a spinner right in the middle of the plate and he doesn't miss it. He knew it. The pitcher knew it. It was crushed. I mean, his swing was very much like that swing he had against Oakland to clinch the game for the or clinch the playoffs for the Mariners last year. And then, uh, you know, it was it was more add on, which was really nice to see uh, uh, the next batter. Uh, well, big thing. Next batter with an 0-2 count was Teo. He gets hit under the brim of his helmet. Uh, luckily, it didn't hit his face or he wasn't injured. Gino and, and Julio took exception to that out of the dugout. But like I said, it was an 0-2 pitch. I didn't think it was on purpose. And the reaction from the pitcher was like, wow, oh, my God. So anyway, uh, still 3-1. to one And like, and then next batter uh, gets out. So there's two outs. And then the Mariners get three consecutive hits and score three consecutive runs with uh, Ty France and um, – Marlowe and then Demo comes in for JP, who uh, had a collision earlier on in the game, and they add on, and Munoz gets to sit down, doesn't have to pitch in the ninth, and uh, that was the offense, and it was great to see. It was a total explosion in the eighth inning. They batted around. It was really nice to see. I'm really liking this trend of this thing coming around every week or so, even – before the streak, we're definitely getting those eighth inning runs, and I'm, I'm, I, they're happening more often. Like, can't expect them every game, but they're, they're, they're happening pretty frequently. And I, I really love these big explosion innings. Uh, I know that Michael Bumpus on uh, Sales Sports, uh, you know, <laughs> called us if the Mariners were a football team, the they're designed like an explosive offense. I know that we both especially you scoffed at that a little bit but like it is it's that it's that kind of sit around and wait and get these big innings and and that's fine when when you're pitching like this but and but also it is nice here i mean it is you know important to add on uh you know maybe you want to see these five runs that they got in the eighth spread out through the game but it is what it is the mariners get the get the victory, get the, get the swipe or the swiffer like we we're talking about. And I'm looking at the box score. Cause you're telling me this whole story because I, you know, I was flying and I'm looking here and a couple of things that jump out me. I like this. I look at Marlo getting a couple more hits and scoring twice and knocking in a run, getting a walk. Uh, look, he's hitting three Oh eight since he's been up here. I also look at Ty France. Look, a couple of hits in this game. This guy's batting average back over two fifty. 254 looking nice. I like him down at the end of the order. I think that's where he should stay. Um, and yeah, look, you got Gino with a couple hits and obviously I just saw this Kyle Raleigh, like hit it here. Cafe. I mean, <laughs> did I haven't been up there yet, but they have to have some sort of Cal Raleigh like dish up there because, uh, that, that, that is his domain over up there. Yeah, especially late in the games. That guy hit some big home runs late in big games, um, especially down the stretch and in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome when he gets him up there or Ford gets him up there. We don't, we haven't really seen a lot of those in a while. I mean, like, 
We haven't seen a big power lefty. I mean, like Cano once in a while would get some that way, but not up like that. I'm just trying to think most of the home runs that we see here from Mariners over the last few years, the big ones have all been from right-handed hitters or it goes to right center. We don't get to see a lot of the hit it here home hit it here cafe home runs where, Hey, when they built this thing, you know, the house that Griffey built, that was supposed to be the big marquee spot to hit the home runs. And it feel like it's turned into, you know, above uh, Edgar's and in the pen. Well, I mean, this was quite a poke. It was 450 feet off the very top of the hit it here. Cafe. <laughs> yeah. At first it looked like it was maybe going to Giambi territory in the Derby back in 01 when he was putting them up in the upper tank. Yeah. But that it was, was another so one. high. Yeah. It was hit so high that it didn't have the, you know, umph to get uh, to the upper deck, but it sure looks like it had a chance, but yeah, big home run for Cal. Yeah. And I'm looking here, you know, Hancock gets five innings, uh, only two hits, um, walk three, struck out three. But look, he gave you five innings. And after that, it looks pretty much clear here. So uh, what did you think about Spire and Thornton and Campbell? And uh, we got, you know, Brash gets the victory here. But again, you said the big eighth inning, we didn't have to use Munoz. Yeah, I mean, starting off with Hancock making his major league debut, um, gave up a leadoff walk on five pitches, uh, two easy p swipes, second and third by Kim, their leadoff hitter. And you're going, boy, here we go. And even Blowers mentioned, uh, you know, the rookie first game, a lot of nerves, family in the ballpark, the game speeding up. And, uh, you know, uh, Soto gives a tapper back to him um, and the runner breaks for home. Uh, he might have had a shot at him. Uh, Scott Service mentioned it was the correct play, and I agree for him to go to first and let the run score. So, uh, I mean, anything could happen with your adrenaline running. We've seen many times where a pitcher doesn't make the correct throw to, to the catcher. It might sail on him or what have you. But anyway, it was early in the game. Um, he was, you know, he had some traffic on the bases, like you said, three walks. Um, but he really settled down, had a lot of poise uh, later on in the in in the early innings. There was a swinging bunt, two hopper, uh, kind of in no man's land, just past him towards second base, and he fully extended and dove for it and flipped it to France. So he's got some athleticism as well. And then you mentioned the bullpen. Topa came in, only got an uh, one out, but he got into some trouble. A couple runners on. And Spire shut the door, made sure that uh, they kept the game at one to one. And then Thornton had a nice clean inning. Brash was phenomenal. He made uh, Tatis look foolish on his punch out. He threw that sweeping slider, started off middle of the plate, and it landed on the outside line pretty much of the left-handed batter's box. That's how much movement it had on and how much it fooled Tatis. And then, yeah, um, like I said earlier, the M's add on and they didn't have to use Munoz and Campbell comes in and does his thing. And I look at the box score and Holy crap, Matt Brash has eight wins. So what a game. <laughs> it ain't that crazy. Um, One more than yeah. Castillo. It's crazy. And the best part, let's look at all these guys that were used. Guess, guess what? We got a day off. So it's great. Um, look, we got seven game winning streak. Uh, Toronto wins, uh, Texas loses. So you make some ground in, in the AOS, which I still 
have have not retaped up the uh, the uh, white flag that I snapped over my knee. Uh, it's still going to be tough. Uh, wild card seems much more obtainable. Uh, but listen, big measuring stick coming into town. The AL leading best record in the AL, I should say. The Baltimore Orioles. We got a seven game winning streak going into this. It's Felix weekend. This is going to be a collision course. This is going to be some, I would think some potentially good preview of playoff baseball this weekend. And I, I know that the crowd's going to bring the energy just like they did. Uh, I've no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I want to come back to the second game real quick. I mentioned that Dylan Moore oh, pinch hit for Hold JP on. Crawford in the last game. And, or last at bat. Um, so early on in that game, there was a ball hit, 5-6 hole, and uh, Gino and JP collided. Very similar to that play in the Boston series at home where it was hit in the same position. Both Boston players collided and it got through, except this time Gino was able to hold on the ball and make the out at first. But as he was coming across and JP was going down, JP put his face right in Gino's left shoulder and uh, – rattled his cage quite a bit. He was down for a while, uh, played the rest of the game. And up until that ninth inning when he was pinch hit for, and um, Scott service after the uh, game said that his symptoms um, deteriorated and he started not feeling right. So possible concussion and uh, they're going to keep an eye on it and check him out tomorrow. So yeah, there is um, a little concern. Hopefully it's okay. And as you mentioned, big series coming into uh, town with the Baltimore Orioles. Hopefully this is just a minor thing and not too much of a thing for JP and that he's okay. So I just wanted to bring that up since you didn't see that since you were flying to just let you know that uh, there is a little pause right now in Mariner land, but hopefully it's all okay. Right. Yeah. Hopefully is okay um, for himself and listen, uh, that's a good tie into the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, you know, we're playing the the best team, the best record, I guess, in the AL. You definitely don't want to lose ground playing a team like this. You know, as we it's we're always saying, hey, look, we got a great pitching matchup matchups, but we do. We got Castillo, we got Kirby, and we got Miller. We got the same guys that were going for us last weekend. You know, Castillo got touched up again, but you know, we talked about it, gave us that stud muffin inning. Um, Kirby, you know, picked up the pace again, got right back on track. Um, and look, Miller had a great game. I'm, I'm hoping to see the same thing. I think they're really going to ride off of this crowd. And I think I, I know that you can't just base things off of the crowd. But, man, when I was in there the other day, it had that playoff feel. It had that refuse to lose feeling that that taste and that smell that you know as mariners fans we only you know know that scent and that taste very seldomly but you know when it's there and i felt it when i was there the other night so i mean that's going to be a great series i'm sorry i'm missing it uh up there but uh, i can't wait to watch it uh what what's your thoughts on this oriole series no i'd have to agree with you and what does it mean I'd have to agree with you. There's going to be a lot of juice in this building. Uh, Felix weekend, it's going to be sold out all three games. It's going to be very similar uh, to when Toronto came to town, except it's going to be all Mariner fans. There's going to be a lot of excitement. Um, 
And when I say similar, a lot of juice in the building. So yeah, the Mariners are going to feed off of that. Uh, they're playing good ball. They want to keep it going. Um, Baltimore is uh, a team, like you mentioned, has a, uh, the best record, I believe, right now in the American League. And uh, with the Mariners pitching and their timely hitting lately, yeah, anything's possible. So, yeah, I expect the Mariners to pitch well again, and hopefully uh, we can score some more runs with runners in, sport, in scoring position. But if not, we'll find a way. At least that's how it's been lately for this Mariner team.